Hi, I'm Melissa Corkum. I blog at our family website, www.thecorkums.com, which we affectionately call The Corkboard. This is The Uncorked Podcast, conversations with everyday extraordinary people, people who have conquered, people making a difference in their worlds, brave and beautiful people, but people who in the end are just like you and me. If there's one thing I've learned over the past 10 years, it's about how much I didn't know that I didn't know and how much I still don't know. Our experiences and adoption and loving kids who have aged out of the foster care system, living in the country but owning a coffee shop in the city, and just traveling internationally have so greatly expanded our horizons and shifted our paradigms. And hopefully, we're better humans for it. The one common theme through all of those experiences, though, was just listening to people's stories. Patty Dye once said, the shortest distance between two people is a story. So pull up a chair and an open mind and meet another one of my everyday extraordinary friends. Welcome to episode 27 of the Uncorked podcast. If I was being more strategic with my podcasting, I probably would have had this conversation air last week on World Down Syndrome Day, but I'm not even being strategic with the simple and necessary act of feeding my people. So clearly I'm also not strategizing my podcast. No matter, a week later, what this week's guest, Krista Roland Collins, is doing is still important and still relevant. She is loving on families as they welcome their children with Down syndrome into the world through a project called Adele's Over the Rainbow Baskets. It's named after her daughter, who has Down syndrome. Honestly, the misconceptions that Krista fights every day kind of blew me away. She talks about the many practitioners still encouraging termination of pregnancies where a Down syndrome diagnosis is involved. Krista is articulate and passionate, and I think you'll love her perspective. Plus, we talk about the hardcore realities of the post-pregnancy experience and why she has onions all over her house. Here's my conversation with Krista. Well, hi, Krista. Welcome to the Uncorked Podcast. Hi, Melissa. Um, It's so great to connect with you. Before we were able to get on and record, we had a little technical difficulty, but you are coming to us from Canada. So I think you're the first Canadian podcast guest we've had. Um, So congratulations. And thank you. I won't name any particular type of technology that we were trying to use, but said technology didn't have a Canadian dial-in number. So I don't know what was up with that. Um, Because we're so far out. (laughs) I know you're like a foreign country. Yeah, um, we totally are. Well, we need a passport now to come see you, so that's something. That's true. That's true. But anyway, we overcame the technology, and so here we are. And I am so glad that you're here and so excited to hear more about your story. So why don't you just start by introducing yourself and your family? Kate, my name is Krista Roland Collins, and um, I have two daughters. Adele is four and a half, and Brinley will be six this weekend. I've been married for, I guess, almost eight years now. James and I met a little bit later on, so I think I was about 31 when we met. And um, I'm a teacher, so at the time I was teaching at-risk high school girls. And then we got married and had Brinley. And then later on that same year, we got pregnant again with Adele. Surprise! Isn't that great how that happens like that? (laughs) It just... It needed to happen that way because I don't know if it would have happened because I was like, I don't know if I really enjoy pregnancy. I'm like, what's wrong with all these women who are telling me how much they love being pregnant? I was like, yeah, it's not really my thing. 
Well, I mean, you don't know all of our story, but I'll tell you that, you know, four of our six kids are adopted. So that might tell you a little bit about how I feel about the whole pregnancy situation. <laughs> right. right. But four out of six, that's pretty cool. But yeah. Okay. So you have, um, so you got pregnant right away. Yep. Had Adele um, at 35 weeks and at 15 weeks, we um, found out that she would be born with Down syndrome. And so that was a bit of a, a tough pill to swallow at the time. And even being a teacher, I didn't really know a lot about Down syndrome besides delays. So that's all I thought about was delays, delays. And when we were given the diagnosis, it was it's emotion over logic to start. And it's like, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I, you know, you need to kind of go through, um, you know, grieving and, and, and then trying to, you know, get educated and, you know, meet with families and, you know, yet stay off of Google because I know that everything, you know, would just pull up kind of these negative stories and statistics. And so then we, for about three weeks there, it was, it was quite difficult for us. And then our 18-week ultrasound, we went and I saw this little baby bouncing around on the ultrasound screen and found out she was a girl. So I was super excited because I was like, oh, well, we already have a girl and sisters. And and then the doctor came in and he looked at her measurements and looked at her heart and looked at all these things. And he looked right at me and he said, she looks perfect. And I was like, I think there was dead silence in the room. Because I'm like, hang on a second. I'm like, he knows that my baby will be born with Down syndrome. And he said, she's perfect. Hmm. And that day, it was like this weight was lifted. James and I didn't actually say anything to each other. But when we went in the room afterwards and we were sitting there and we were joking around and we were laughing and it was like this sense of calm. And I think what doctors don't realize is that their words carry a lot of weight. And that day, and he doesn't even know this, but that day it was, you know, we knew that we were, we were in this, that we were like, we can figure this out and she's our baby and we've got this. Yeah. What powerful words. Gosh, it makes me so nervous about the words that are coming out of my mouth and about, you know, I feel like with just a couple words, you can either make or break a situation and you might never know it. Right. Absolutely. Um, and we've all said things that you know, we shouldn't. And you do it, you know, you're saying them out of kindness. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, my gosh, what did I just say? I mean, we've all been there. We've all done it. But it's, it's been quite, that's not the norm when families get a diagnosis. You know, a lot of doctors don't say, your baby looks perfect. Um, you know, you hear a lot of I'm sorry, or, you know, would you like to terminate? You know, and, and sometimes in, in one appointment, I know people who, you know, within that one appointment, you know, seven times were asked if they'd like to terminate. Wow. How did that go for you? Was that an option that was laid out on the table for you? Do you know, my OB, she, um, we went with the non-invasive testing. And when the results came back and she said, she was very matter of fact, she said, you know, it's greater than 99%. Uh, that baby will be born with Down syndrome. And James and I just started crying and she cried with us and I was so overwhelmed, you know, with emotion and she, she took my hand and she said, I'll hold your hand throughout this entire journey. And she still is a part of our lives and Adele's and, um, you know, she's also a great advocate now for our community. Yeah. What a great story. What, and 
and forgive me for my ignorance, but what's the culture towards pregnancy termination for things like special needs in Canada? I don't know if you know what it's like here in the U.S., but I'm just wondering if there's a difference. I think it's it's around the same um, percentage-wise, so it is quite high. I don't know the exact percentage. I mean, I've I've read, you know, 80%. Um, you know, I've read 70%. I know in Iceland it's 100%. It really... Uh, like we did a news segment on, you know, healthcare workers and, um, you know, doctors and how they present news, present, present the news to families. And I don't know where we would be if my OB had said to me, like, your child's going to be a burden on society and I don't think you should do this. And Down syndrome is, it's just too hard and, you know, lifelong this and lifelong that. And, although I have a very strong personality and, and morals and beliefs, like I, I look at these doctors and think, you know what you're talking about, you know? So it is, you know, we can get into talking about the project that we have, but, you know, a lot of the stories are that, you know, with a prenatal diagnosis that these, these families were encouraged to, to terminate. So it's pretty high in the U.S. and it's pretty high in Canada. Hmm, thanks for that. Um, so you mentioned a little project, and I happen to know it's called Adele's Over the Rainbow Baskets. So yes. tell us a little bit more about how that came to be and what that project is. Uh, when Adele was just a few months old, I think I was just scrolling through Facebook, and I came across a page, Bo's Baskets of Hope, um, and she's in the U.S., and I was like, oh, how cool is that? They give baskets to families who have babies born with Down syndrome. So I sent her a message and kind of asked her a few questions about the baskets and how they do it. And and I asked her then if she'd be okay if I started something like that up here in Calgary. And she was like, please, like, do that. Like, we'd love to have this, you know, all over the world. So I put it out there on Facebook and I asked friends. I said, would anybody be willing to donate you know, any new baby items, you know, and I can put these baskets together and hopefully get into the hospitals and deliver them to families. And, you know, we're just over four years now and just over 80 baskets. And the donations still continue to pour in. It's And donations from all over the world as far as, as Holland full love the project. They love giving. Um, I have photographers on board. I have around a dozen photographers who have donated full photo shoots to families. You know, the baskets are probably between $800 and $1,000 each. And we can do that because, you know, my basement's filled with with goodies for mom and baby and dad and siblings. For me, it's you go into the hospitals and they might hear congratulations for the first time coming from us Hmm. Um, instead of, you know, I'm sorry or you know, we think your baby has Down syndrome or, you know, and then it's tests and echoes and, um, you know, making sure that baby's healthy. And it's such a whirlwind that, you know, when we go in, a lot of times, you know, baby's not even 24 hours old. And, you know, we can tell these families that, hey, like, we're in this together. You know, we're on the same team as you. And you can see these families exhale. You know, social workers are amazing and they're so on board with the baskets. They've been, they've been phenomenal. But on the other side, they don't have a child with Down syndrome. So they can offer, you know, kind of resources and support and an ear. But then when we go in, we get to share, you know, our stories. And I'm very real with families, you know. So I don't go in and say, you know, it's all butterflies and, and, it's, and it's all great. 
um, it is a different journey, you know, with Adele than what we've had with, with Brinley, you know, and we're there to answer questions. So, you know, sometimes, you know, moms just want to ask some mom questions and not that medical side. And I had one dad say to me, he's like, you know, will he, will he be able to go hunting with me? Hmm. You know, because we just, we don't know one family I delivered a basket to and mom's a nurse and dad's IT. And, and I walked in and he was like, I thought babies born with Down syndrome were to drug addicts, you know, hmm. so it's, it's kind of clearing up, you know, those things. And, and, you know, what, you know, I mean, 80% of babies born with Down syndrome are to women under 35. You know, right. So and I had like, no idea what to do with a healthy baby when I had my first at like 20. So I can't even imagine the layers of new mom, new baby. You know, most of us feel so out of our league just with a healthy baby and, right. you know, to navigate all of those new things, all the different things that are, no one even talks about what's going on with your body. Let's just talk about that for a second. Like no one right. talked about that realistically with me at all. I mean, I'm sure they may have brushed over that in whatever birthing class I went to, but no one was like, at least for me, like it was, it was hard. I mean, it wasn't awful, awful. And I would do it again to have another baby maybe, but I mean, there was like hormones and things seeping out of places. I mean, there were just a lot of things that it just takes a toll on your body. And there's so many big changes and, and you're emotional and you're up all night and you have this new baby and all right. this responsibility. <laughs> and right. I just can't even imagine that plus like, oh, and now we have medical things to deal with and, and yep. stigma. And it just seems very overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. And a lot of the baskets that I've delivered, families find out after delivery. So it's this, I mean, it's, it's overwhelming and you have so many questions and then you have all of these doctors coming through you know saying we need to make sure that their heart's okay and then you know some of that comes back that you know once baby hits 10 pounds they're going to need surgery and and you're going to be in Edmonton for that which is a few hours away from Calgary even though so it's it's a lot it's a lot you know and then there's other families that you know you deliver baskets to and they're like you know, we're, we know we're going to be okay, you know, you know, we'll be fine. And then there's other families, you know, I walked in and, and brought the basket in. They cried from the second I walked in until I left an hour and a half later and they hadn't told their family yet, you know, so different cultures. Um, you know, I, I, one uh, Filipino family had said to me, they're like, well, we view special needs as a blessing. And then another Filipino family was completely distraught and was like, I, we don't know how to tell our family, you know? So it's, you know, for some, I mean, for us, it was, it was easy to tell our family. It wasn't, the news wasn't easy, but for us, you know, this is kind of where we're at and, you know, how we're feeling about things. And, you know, I remember my sister, I don't know, she got on Google one night and she Googled Down syndrome and, and she called me right away and she goes, yeah, so I've been Googling Down syndrome. She goes, and it's totally doable. Because <laughs> you had, you know, you were worried about that. You had, because everything, you right? Like it was everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you fear the unknown, right? Like you just, you're so worried and you think about their future. And, you know, my husband James, he, you know, thinks about today and I'm like, ah, marriage and blah, 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 you know? So, I think us moms sometimes, you know, we overanalyze and overreact and oh yeah, you know, I'm so we there. Worry, worry, worry. Yeah, and, and worry about the bond that her and her sister would have too. 
Oh yeah. What a great, I don't even think I would have been able to think that far into the future. Even now we have a son with special needs. He's been with us for nine years. And just now I'm thinking like, Oh shoot. Like what, is there like a planning something that should be going on? Like for when he's 18. Um, yeah, that part. And it, and again, it's a new, like my way to kind of tackle things is Googling, um, which is a blessing and a curse. Like I love having information at my hands, but then having all that information at the tip of your fingers is, can also be awful. I'm sure. And I'm sure with, I hear with sickness that that's kind of like the worst place to go for, whether it be Down syndrome or cancer. That that's probably the worst place to get your information at, at the end of the day. But then there's also so much great information and it's where we connect with other people. It's how, you know, not Google, but social media, how you connected with someone right. who was doing the thing that helped you give back and I don't know, maybe give a sense of like control and power and redemption to, you know, what your story was and how you could then make that a blessing to others. So it's definitely a double-edged sword. It is. It, it, we were talking about social media at work today and, you know, with teenagers and bullying and, you know, it's, I think it's pink shirt day tomorrow and, you know, just talking about how hard it is for kids now, you know, kids without disabilities, you know, how difficult it is. And then I was like, oh, and then you throw in, you know, a disability. I don't know how, you know, we live in a small town and, you know, people know Adele and they love her and, you know, she's, she's respected. And, you know, even when we go to the hospital, which is over an hour away for appointments, you know, people in the hallways are like, is that Adele? Um, you know, so she's, she's loved and, and, you know, and we're hoping that that kind of sticks. Cause I said to James one night, I was like, you know, when does like cute Adele, you know, the little one with down syndrome, like when does that go away? And when does it turn into like, you know, the kid with Down syndrome or the teenager with Down syndrome and, and they're no longer cute anymore. Um, you know, cause you have that too, right? Cause she's adorable right now. You know, she's four and a half and, you know, she's cute and she wears bows and, you know, people love her. And then I think, you know, I hope that that love and, and respect for her, you know, stays throughout her, her childhood and her teenage years. Yeah. Well, you guys are doing a great job of helping make her an ambassador and, helping to just raise awareness so that you're helping to create a better world for her to transition into as she, you know, grows out of bows and cute pigtails and all the things right. that make her so endearing right now. Um, and it is kind of sad to think, you know, those, the things that make people with Down syndrome unique are not always tolerated as bodies get bigger and people get right. older. And right. So, yeah, I, I, get that a lot. Are you able to keep in touch with these families? Is it, are you creating a longer, deeper community or do you just kind of do the baskets and, and that's your way to reach out just in that moment? Um, some of my closest friends now received baskets. Catherine now, she, she received a basket a few years ago and now she helps deliver baskets. Um, Belinda, whose son, Grayson, um, was our children have a greater chance of getting certain diseases and cancer is one of them. Mm. Um, so Grayson, I was diagnosed with cancer. And so he got one of the comfort baskets that we do for our kids and Belinda helps, you know, deliver baskets to families too. So I've stayed connected 
with a lot of them. When it comes to, you know, some paperwork and funding stuff, you know, a lot of families will send me questions, um, you know, just to make sure that they're filling the forms out correctly. So, yeah, it's, and it's not that our whole world is about Down syndrome. Like that's, you know, we have another child too. And um, I just took Brinley actually away for six nights because she needed, you know, that one-on-one time with her mom. And, you know, she's always been a part of therapy and appointments. Um, And sometimes I forget that has been put on her shoulders too. And although she has fun and, you know, but she also feels that she has to watch out for her sister and protect her. And I don't realize how many times I leave a room and I say, Hey, Brinley, watch your sister. (laughs) Hey, Brinley, I just have to run upstairs. Can you watch your sister? And I'm like, you know, she's six, you know, and I've been doing this probably since she's, you know, 18 months. Hey, can you just watch your sister? So it, um, you know, we, we have, you know, we have to make sure that there's, that there's a balance. So, you know, when we have, when I have, you know, a crap day or something goes wrong, you know, with Adele or, you know, maybe a milestone hasn't been met yet, I can go to those moms, you know, and I can say to them like, wow, it's been kind of the day and, you know, and we can help each other through it because they get it. You know, going to a mom who doesn't have a child with Down syndrome Although I have, you know, of course, a lot of friends who, you know, they don't have children with with DS. But to go and kind of talk about those things, that's difficult because they don't get it. Their child hits, you know, milestones, you know, when they typically should. And, you know, Adele started walking at three and a half, you know, and and I had mom say to me like, oh, she's going to start walking and you're going to wish that she wasn't. And I was like, she's three and a half. (laughs) <laughs> like she's messed up my back and she's messed up my hip and you know we have a handicapped parking pass because you know I, I can't carry her that far and you know so it's it's kind of all those things that those are the moms that I go to and they're amazing and you know and some of my closest friends they're probably worth all the therapists in the world oh they are completely it's you know you can cry together you can celebrate together and you know, and the ladies that I'm closest with, you know, there's no competition, right? Like, it's not like, oh, mine is saying this, and mine is doing this, and mine is potty trained. And, you know, it's it's very much, we celebrate each other, we celebrate our children, and, you know, we have each other's backs. And it's like every other community, not everybody likes each other, not everybody, you know, gathers around the fire and sings, you know, kumbaya, and because <laughs> our child is DS, you know, we're all in this together, but it's, you know, the community that you do form and, you know, those ladies in my life, I I am so incredibly grateful. Yeah. Well, I think there's certain things and probably actually a lot of things in life where you can have the best, most supportive, most amazing community and friends in the world. But at the end of the day, when you're walking through a situation like parenting a child with Down syndrome, nothing trumps someone who's been there, done that, or is walking through it with you. And that has been our experience with parenting kids from hard places and adoption. We have had amazing support along the way, and I would not trade it for the world, but there is something that you instantly bond with another mom who, you know, understands what it's like to pour into a kid and have them not love you back or have, mm-hmm. you know, five-year-olds smearing poop on the walls. I don't know. Whatever is going on, right. there's something, right. even if you disagree on every other point, 
those shared experiences create a really, really fast and deep bond. And Absolutely. I think it's worth, um, although I love a good therapist, it is worth so many therapy sessions and, you know, just being, right. like you said, being able to reach out even just in that quick moment. And, you know, you were nominated by our good friend Summer and she's creating that AbleBot chatbot or AbleFinder chatbot. You know, just that ability to reach out and just that contact with someone else who absolutely knows the hard thing that you're going through and knows it because they've experienced it is priceless. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So I agree hundred percent. What has kind of caught you off guard by your experience doing these baskets? Is there something that you weren't expecting um, going into it that you're kind of taking away now? I think going back to the termination part of it, that shocked me. And I remember the first time when I delivered a basket and the mom had said to me, um, you know, we had a prenatal diagnosis and we were encouraged to terminate. One mom was encouraged. They called her, I think it was like seven times they had called her on the phone and it was always, you know, you should terminate, you should terminate. And other moms, like they had it written in their files, do not ask you know, about termination, do not bring it up. And yet it was still brought up. That was so surprising to me because I thought, oh, that, that was just not a part of our journey. My OB let us grieve and, you know, she didn't judge us when we grieved. Instead, you know, she, she held our hands and said, you know, I've got your back on this. So for me, that's surprising. And then, you know, when this whole Iceland bit came out where, you know, termination is 100%. And that they boast that they'll be Down syndrome free, you know, in the next 10 years. And it's, for me, I'm, you know, I have this thing in my head where I'm like, just get educated. Yeah. You know, it's, I know that there are places in the States that they've banned termination when women receive a diagnosis of um, Down syndrome. And even for that, I have troubles with that. I don't think anybody has the right to tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body. And who am I to judge you if, you know, if you do decide to terminate, but I mean, make it law that you need to get educated. You need to speak with a family who has a child with Down syndrome. You know, you need to speak with a genetics counselor. You need to do this, you know, because there is a window, you know, you have that time to make an educated decision. Whereas, you know, if you hear like, you know, no, you can't terminate you, you know, your baby's going to be born with Down syndrome and you know, no, you can't. So you have to go through these nine months. And I think about what that would do to some women and um, like emotionally, psychologically, physically, you know, like who's to say she doesn't go, you know, some back alley and, and terminate her pregnancy or she takes her own life. You know, like we don't, we don't know, right? Like it's, I have troubles with that part of it, but educate, like we met with a family when we were probably 13 weeks pregnant and they live about 20 minutes from our house and their son was actually um, getting therapy at the time. And, you know, they were telling us all about, and they didn't judge anything that we said, you know, we were very honest about how we felt about things and, you know, weren't sure if this was a journey that we could take. So still at the time it's that, you know, emotion piece over, you know, logic. And then, you know, and then we, we spoke with a genetics counselor and, you know, she was very honest about things. And now she's one of my closest friends, you know, so it's, let's make that law that, that women and families need to get educated before that decision is made. None of us have the right to judge anybody. You know, we're such a judgmental society, you know, and, and 
of course, some family, you know, 70 to 80% of families are terminating. But I think a lot of times that's happening because the news is presented to them in such a negative way. At that time, they feel there's, you know, there's no future for them. There's no future for their child. And, you know, I mean, families have heard, you know, that the child with Down syndrome is a burden on society, which for me, I mean, I look at Adele right now and I'm like, are you crazy? Yeah. I mean, that's the last thing, you know, so I think that is what has taken me, you know, by surprise the most is around termination. Yeah. And well, and let's be honest, like in each of our own ways, we're all kind of a burden to society. Like we're all hot messes (laughs) and there's just certain things that have been kind of singled out or ostracized as maybe extra. Do you feel like the universal healthcare situation in places like Canada or, or, and I think probably Iceland create that feeling of burden more strongly because there is a larger body governing who's providing healthcare. I, I don't know. I'm, I've not thought a ton about it, but it just crossed my mind. I don't know. Um, I think it, I don't know. You know, we, I think about what can we do? So what can our community do? What can the parents do? And I think that, you know, we need to get into universities. We need to talk to residents. We need to talk to them before they get into our hospitals. Hmm. And we need to tell them that your words matter. A lot of families do go on Google and there's a lot of negativity, right? And it depends what you what you type in. I remember one day I was like, I got to go on Google. Like, I just need to go on Google. And I typed in like happy stories about Down syndrome or something. And, and Kelly Hampton's blog post came up and I read it and it was the birth of her daughter. And I was bawling and I was like, yeah, okay. Like this is doable. Um, like my sister had said. So I don't know about, you know, surrounding healthcare and, and professionals and, you know, some of those doctors who are a bit older and, you know, even their, their terminology is, you know, a bit off. I have this thing where I can't, I, I don't know, I'm just not a big fan when I hear like Downs kids and Downs babies, you know, and I remember one of our PTs once she, she kept saying Downs kids and Downs babies and talking about Adele, you know, Downs this, Downs that. And I just looked at her and I was like, you have to stop saying that. I'm like, her name is Adele. She has a diagnosis of Down syndrome. She has a little girl first because at some point she's going to ask me what that means. Her sister's going to ask me what that means. You know, so I think change needs to start when, you know, us getting into universities. And um, I presented at a few hospitals, you know, talked about the baskets. And I mean, I remember I had one nurse ask me, she said, like, what do I say? And I'm like, you say congratulations. Yeah, Um, just like you would with any other family. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I said, and if, if it's diagnosis after delivery, I said, you're probably not going to know in that moment that baby has Down syndrome. I said, so, you know, I said, it's, it's what you say to a family. Congratulations. It's a boy. It's a girl. <laughs> right. That's it. You know, there's no need for, you know, I'm sorry. Or I know my one friend, the doctor walked in and said, yeah, we think something's wrong with your baby and left and came back eight hours later and said, yeah, we're pretty sure he has Down syndrome. And she was like, it was almost like a sigh of relief because she was like, oh my gosh, like I thought something was really wrong. Right. Like that's not so wrong. You know, I mean, of course they were, you know, they were upset and taken by surprise. And, but you know, when a doctor says it, like it's a death sentence, 
like, come on now. That's just, it's not fair and it's not right. And, you know, and I know there are positive stories, but I just find that the majority that I have come across have not been, have not been positive. Yeah. Do you know if there's a similar stigma around other types of diagnoses? Like, I mean, like, let's just, for example, you have a baby two weeks in, there's a leukemia diagnosis. Do you feel like it's treated the same way? Oh, no, no. But our, so our children, I've made a few comfort baskets for children with Down syndrome who receive a cancer diagnosis. And, you know, those, I've, I've not heard one negative story around that. But a child just who gets diagnosed with leukemia, like nobody is going to say you're going to be a burden on society and on taxpayers. And that would never come out of somebody's mouth, ever. You know, so it's, it's, it is, it's very, it's very different, very different, you know, because people see Down syndrome as a disability, you know, and some people are still so ignorant that, you know, maybe they don't see that our children will be productive members in society and they will do good, you know, so it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's the difference between value in productivity versus just value in being a human, I think, you know, right. even right. if we're not, even if a person's not productive in society, right? Like just because they are who they are, can we just love them, accept them, celebrate them based right. on that? We don't, you know, if all of a sudden I become a non-productive member of society for some reason of accident or mental health or something, you know, right? that doesn't always preclude me from the right to life or, or what have Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, or being loved and accepted and cared for. And yeah. Have you ever had a mom approach you who had terminated? No, but I know a good friend of mine, uh, friends of hers received a uh, prenatal diagnosis. Dad had asked to meet with her and, you know, to kind of talk about things. And so she did. And and she felt that she had done like a phenomenal job of explaining Down syndrome and the beauty of Down syndrome, you know, and, and she was very real. And, and then she found out the next week that they had terminated. And so she felt quite defeated and upset. And I just said to her, I was like, that was a choice, you know, that they made and you can't take that on. You know, you did everything that you could. I have had friends though say to me because of, through the blog that I write and the posts that I share that prior to this, they probably would have terminated. And they said, and now that they, they see what it's like and what life is like and what Adele is like in our community, that no chance would termination be an option for them. And who's, I mean, who knows if they were put in that position, but to hear those words that, Hey, this is working like through the blog and the baskets and the posts. And, you know, and I'm very real. I don't sugarcoat stuff. If I have a bad day, I feel comfortable enough to share that with others. And so to hear that if I received that diagnosis, that we would be fine because you've showed us that it will be okay. I think it would be hard. I don't know. You know, and if somebody said to me, like, I I terminated and they were a friend of mine, like, they would still be a friend of mine. I mean, who am I to say, well, you're a horrible person for doing that? I would have hoped that they would have come to me and maybe ask questions or, you know, come to my house and visit with Adele or kind of see what our, our life is like. But 
I have no right to judge what, you know, what decisions other people make. Yeah. I wonder if, if moms who have done that, you know, it just makes me curious what that looks like after the fact. And if those would be powerful people to your cause as well, because I feel like there's always this grass is greener on the other side mentality. And I imagine that that's a tough decision to live with possibly. You know, I think those families and women would fully distance themselves from our community. So, I mean, before Adele, I didn't have one friend with a child with Down syndrome. I hadn't liked a hundred pages on Facebook that were for children with Down syndrome and supports. And, you know, so it just, it wouldn't, like it wouldn't, it wasn't a part of my life. And so I think, you know, probably the majority of those families would just, although living with the termination piece, of course, that's difficult, right? I mean, that's not something that, you know, you just get over. But I don't think that, you know, a lot of those families would then, you know, kind of join, you know, DS support groups or go on outings or, you know, involve themselves with our community. And then, you know, I'm sure there are some families that, you know, perhaps they did terminate and then afterwards were like, what did we do? And might get involved with, you know, a different project. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to say, but, you know, it's, it's your decision as a family, you know, but for me, I stress all the time, just get educated. I've also found that a lot of our baskets in the past, probably year and a half to two years, have gone to families from the Philippines, from Pakistan, uh, from Africa, and a lot of biracial families. So mom Caucasian, dad from the Philippines, or vice versa. So a lot of these families don't have a support system here either, which makes it a lot harder. And I don't know why it's those cultures and, and, you know, so I'm trying to get some of those families connected because I don't want to be that girl who walks in and is like, congratulations, here's your basket. And they're like, you know, what do you know? You don't know anything about our culture and our language and our beliefs. And so we're trying to find a way where, you know, we can pass on some emails and some phone numbers, you know, and I've had, I've kept in touch with, with some of those families. And so they're like, yep, pass on my info. You know, I'd love to get together, you know, with another family. So, you know, about networking and, you know, but for some of those families, they're lost, you know, and when mom and dad and grandparents, you know, live in the Philippines or in Africa or in Pakistan, and they don't know kind of what to do. They don't know how to tell their families, you know, it's a difficult road to start. And the one family actually that cried the minute I walked in till half an hour hour and a half later when I left she messaged me a few months after that and she was like hey we're totally doing great Mm, you know and I was like yeah like and you get to that point of course right like I mean you then see your baby as your baby and not looking at your baby and like down syndrome down syndrome down syndrome right it was this beautiful baby in front of you that you and your your partner made yeah I love that. How can others support you? Or what's the best way for people who are listening or thinking, what a great opportunity to love on some folks? Or maybe they're a family with Down syndrome in another part of the world, another part of Canada, another part of the US even, and they're wondering, you know, how can I start something similar to this? Where would you have them go? You know, I've probably had, I know more than a dozen women from all over the world send me messages and ask if they can start Uh, their own projects up in their communities. And so typically, like, I might send them an email that I had sent to the hospitals 
you know, ask them what I put it or t- let them know what I, what I put in the baskets. And I am so on board with like, I'd love for the baskets to be all over the world and people starting up their own projects. It's a lot of work, you know, to kind of get it going. And, and I'm more than happy to share, you know, resource lists. I mean, they're not, they're not applicable to somebody who lives, you know, in Ontario or in the States or, you know, you need to come up with your own community supports. But I think that, you know, these women who have started it up, it's incredible. I have a friend who just started up on, in Ontario and the donations are just pouring in. So, you know, put it out there, social media, as much as, you know, some of us can't stand it. I love it too, because this is how I get my donations. Yeah, it's that double-edged you know? sword again, right? Yeah, you know, people reach out to me and say, what can I give you? I mean, the most giving people are these small mom and pop shops. They are the most giving ladies and they hand over, you know, all these clothes and bibs and, you know, nursing covers and it's incredible, you know, how, how giving people are. So I encourage people to start up the baskets, you know, where they are in their communities. And, you know, you don't need permission from, you know, different organizations or you can do this. Obviously, you need to get your foot in the door with the hospitals, which can be a bit tricky, you know, because we all know about FOIP and, you know, privacy and, and you know, privacy acts all over the place. But Social workers just need to say, like, you know, there's this lady, she makes baskets, you know, would you like one? Yeah. You know, and these families, you know, they can say yes, they can say no, you know, and it's us just a visitor going in. And the social workers here in Calgary and the nurses, I even had a pediatrician call me once from one of the hospitals. She's like, we have a baby here with Down syndrome, you know, can they get a basket? And I was like, yes, the doctor's calling me. Yeah. Um, So IOB has called me, you know, to, to hook me up with families. So that's the piece where, you know, it can be a little bit more difficult and to actually get your foot, you know, in the door. But, um, you know, I have social workers that text me. They're like, Kate spoke with the family. Uh, they said, yep, they can pa- I can pass their names on, their phone numbers, and they'd love a basket. Mm, that must be so rewarding. Where can other, where can people find you on social media for this project? So I have a Facebook page. It's Adults Over the Rainbow Baskets. I have my personal Facebook page too, Christabone Collins. And then I have Instagram, either my name or a perfect extra chromosome. Um, And people contact me kind of on all three pages uh, to donate. And, you know, so people can go, they can check it out. They can look at the baskets, you know, and for mom and pop shops, it's also good for them too, because I post. So when somebody donate, I take a picture of the donation. I tag, you know, whatever business has donated and I put that on all three sites you know so and they don't expect that but you know for me if I can you know draw some attention to to your business I love that and that's important to me and then I record all the donations and send handwritten thank you cards to everybody and then recently we actually we now umbrella under the prep program here in Calgary the executive director, Barbara, she was so thrilled to take us on. So now people can donate and get a tax receipt uh, for monetary donations, which everybody loves uh, getting tax receipts. Yeah, that's kind of so like it's the, kind of gone smoothly. The apex of nonprofit work, right? <laughs> Being able to right. give people tax receipts. Right. You know, and then we can, you know, kind of hit up other businesses and we can do fundraisers and, you know, we can expand, you know, what we have which would be 
which would be great. I mean, I love donations and, you know, even like Global News and CTV News, uh, they've been phenomenal to us. I mean, we've probably done, I don't know, maybe seven or eight news segments and they promote the baskets, which, you know, when that happens, donations come flooding in. You know, people, I saw your story and, you know, my aunt has Down syndrome, my nephew has Down syndrome, you know, so it it touches people and and people, like there's a knitting group, a men's knitting group in Montreal and they send me stuff. Oh, that's so funny. Who knew? Yeah, it's, right? you know, people who you, people have passed away and a family is like, what can we do with, you know, all these little bears that she made? And, you know, somebody said, how about Adele's over the rainbow baskets? And so we got all those. And I mean, there's stories behind, you know, so many of these donations and everything's brand new though, you know, because a lot of these baskets go into the NICU. And so we make sure that, you know, everything has to be, everything has to be new. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Well, that's amazing. So as we're wrapping up here, uh, we talked a little bit about the double-edged sword of social media. And of course, it's really fun visually to look at all the beautiful things on social media, whether it be Instagram or Pinterest, uh, all those kind of visual places. But I realized that as I was scrolling, it kind of also makes me feel like I'm not enough or I'm not, you know, I don't, my bed's not made and my kids don't match. And all of those things. So um, I've been asking all of my guests what they're not doing because I feel like we need a balance out there. We need to know that, you know, the person with the perfectly curated master bedroom on Instagram may have a trashed living room. Right. You know, I just presented uh, a week and a half ago to my colleagues. So there's 150 women there, uh, myself and my friend Christy. We presented on balance and self-care and the importance of it where I work. So I oversee programming for preschool children who receive OTPT speech, like all of that. And schedules are busy, you know, and most of them are also moms and wives. So, you know, as we did that presentation and in my head, I'm like, there's so much more that I need to work on. And I've talked about Instagram and filters and how we compete with other moms and that it, it's such an unhealthy thing. And we have to create balance that's, that's, it, it has to be personal to us. And that's the only way that it's going to bring us peace. And so that is something that I am also still working on, which I made very clear to all the ladies that, you know, we weren't up there preaching that, you know, I've got it all together here and I'm going to tell you how to do it. It's such, I'm high anxiety and I worry extra about Adele and, you know, and, getting sick and illness, like all of that, that my husband is like the calm. So I know that, you know, what I'm not doing is, is I need to relax more. I need to take care of my own needs. Like I started getting my nails done again. And as small as that is, it's an hour and a half of just me every couple of weeks where it's not children. It's not work. It's not a husband. It's not cooking dinner. It's not scheduling. So I don't want to look back in 20 years and be like, man, Krista, like you needed to just relax. So I, that's something that I know I need to work on and letting go is so difficult for me too. Uh, Like I go, I mean, I'm 41 and I go back to, you know, when something happened in my, you know, childhood or when somebody said something to me two years ago that pissed me off so royally that, you know, I'm still hanging on to that. And all that does is it makes you unwell 
you know, physically, mentally, psychologically. So I need to let go of things. I need to learn how to let go of things. And I know how to do it. Like, I mean, we have those strategies and, and we have resources and, you know, but it's when we're ready, I know that, you know, that that's when you can do it. Yeah. It's so much easier said than done, right? I mean, all the head knowledge in the world. Absolutely. And I'm right there with you. I'm totally that person as well. And I've had, I've had, we've had a lot of things in our story over the past couple of years that where I feel like God's clearly teaching me, you need to figure out how to let that go. Um, and so right. if you won't do it voluntarily. I'll, I'll just make something, a circumstance in your life that, you know, <laughs> will hopefully right. teach you that lesson. But um, yeah, I don't right. know, the story of my last five years probably just tells the story of how stubborn and bullheaded I am <laughs> because I'm right there. Um, I'm right. I've been called those two things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we're a good company then, the two of us. <laughs> yeah, we sure are. <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of on those veins, what's a life hack that's helping you out right now? Okay, this is like the silliest thing in the whole world. And I was thinking about this and I was like, you know, life hack, like you can, I don't know, like there was, there's like the silliest things out on social media for that. And I'm not kidding. It's cutting onions in half and putting them around the house. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to suck up every germ in this house. Oh, and I, I had one. heard about it. And I was like, because, you know, there's all this like use a diffuser, don't use a diffuser. Essential oils are horrible for kids. These ones. These ones. And I was like, okay, I'm like cold and flu season. I'm cutting those onions up because they suck up bacteria and germs. I haven't and, heard that. How have I not heard that? I don't yeah, know. We, maybe because we, maybe because we have diffusers and essential oils. But. Right, and so do we. So I use so. Steve's oil, and you know. But I'm like, I'm I'm putting these onions out, and you know, the girls, if you know, colds coming on, they both get Vicks on their feet and socks, and you and then know, so in their bed. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and I know it's all surrounding illness, but I see how horrible cold and flu season is this year, and with that flu shot fully missing the mark. You know, I have friends whose kids go from a cough to an ambulance ride in five minutes. Yeah, um, that's scary. You know, a cough to pneumonia and, you know, being intubated. And for me, I think, I mean, whatever I can do, I mean, I'd love to put my children in a bubble. Like I would love to put them in a bubble and I'd love to just have them home every day. But I'm like, you, you need to go to school. You need relationships with your peers you know, we're going to pick stuff up, but you know, with Adele and since Adele, I just became more of a nut when it comes to, I mean, our front door has a sign that says, please wash your hands. So when people come in, they wash their hands. And my mom, I remember she used to make fun of me until my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And then she was like, I get it. Like, I get it now. Mm. You know, and I'm like, Hey, I said, Adele's makeup. I said, although you guys just look at her as, you know, granddaughter and niece and, you know, that I said, her makeup is so different than ours. And a cold for her, like I said, can be an ambulance ride five minutes later. Yeah. So to keep my kids healthy, you know, I, we do the best we can, right? Yeah. I mean, But you do whatever you can also, especially right. when it's not going to hurt. I mean, right. you have so, nothing to lose. So the onions. The onions. Cut up onions. So do you feel like yep. it's working? I think it does. And, you know, because I heard before they were like, you know, if you're having, you know, hamburgers one night, cut up your onions last because right when you cut them up, they start sucking up germs in the air from the air. And I was like, oh, hey. And I'm like, well, I don't like onions. Well, I like onion rings and not onions. 
And so, yeah, I just, one goes, you know, when there's a cold maybe just starting and one goes out in the hall, one goes on, you know, the main floor and, you know, the girls don't complain about the smell or anything. And I'm like, I'm hoping that it's helping and it's not going to harm anybody. Right. So that's the best, you know, yep. So for us, I'm like, that's what we'll do. That's amazing. Onions all around for everybody. I love it. Hmm. (laughs) Well, good. And that's what makes me think like for the ones that are growing in my pantry and I'm thinking they probably can't be cooked with, maybe I should just cut them in half and put them around my house because at least they could serve that purpose. (laughs) That's perfect. And they don't have to throw them in the garbage right now. Right. They can serve a purpose before they get composted. I think that's a great idea. Well, Krista, I am, it's been really a pleasure talking to you. I love your heart. I love all the things that you're doing to reach out to other families. Um, One thing that you said during your story, you know, just seeing Adele, meeting her story, intersecting with her. That's one of the kind of anthems of the podcast is there's something really powerful in story and not just, you know, a random story, but when we get to know people, we get to know their stories. And sometimes that meeting, that intersection with the story is all it takes to unarm a barrage of stereotypes and misinformation Right. And she is doing that for people. And what an amazing just legacy that she'll leave at four and a half and imagine what she can do with the rest of her life, you know, moving forward. And you've, you know, done amazing things as her mom and as her advocate. And I just applaud you. You're doing a great job. Thank you. I just want people to know, like, like my sister said, it is doable. You know, it might not be the journey that you expected, but she wakes up happy every day. Like she wakes up happy. Her hugs because her muscle tone is weaker. She, her body melts into yours and she's intuitive and she has empathy and she's hilarious and she's a firecracker. You know, she, she does a lot of the things that a four-year-old does. Um, And she's this valued, precious human life who deserves to be on this planet and she deserves to be treated with respect and dignity and i want people to get to know her you know she's her her life has value and our community like just take the time to learn about our children before judging you know on uh, and and saying they can't they can't they can't she is incredible and her sister is madly in love with her and they play together. I've never seen a bond like what these two have. It's, you know, and I know other families can say that. I'm just speaking from, you know, from what I've seen. And they, the love is so deep and, you know, they, they care for each other. I am thankful that, that we have both girls and I'm thankful that they chose me to be their mom. And James is thankful that they chose him to be their, their dad. And, it's been, there are days where I feel defeated, you know, and days that I just want to stay in bed and cry. And that's parenting, you know, and, you know, some days are harder than others. And all I want is the best for both my girls. And I want others to see that, you know, Down syndrome, that there is such beauty in it. And I'm grateful for my community and I'm grateful for what Adele has brought into our lives. Yeah, that's beautiful. And the and the beautiful thing about that too is that's the anthem of every mom, right? We all yeah. have days where we don't want to yep. get out of bed and we all have 
things that we're walking through and all of those things bring us together even when our kiddos are different. Um, yep. And so we Everybody's just don't focus on their own journey. Yeah. We just don't focus enough on how much we have in common um, with each other right. and how, and right. how strong that makes us for sure. Well, again, thank you so much for spending your evening with me. Thank you. Melissa. I really, really appreciate it. Wow. So much to process. This makes me want to go squeeze all of my friends with Down syndrome and tell them they are precious and wanted. I never cease to be inspired by the strong women I have on this podcast who are making a difference in their world. Also, did anyone else know about The Onions? You'll have to let me know. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at M.A. Corkum. I'll have links to all the pages Krista mentioned on how to reach her on the show notes page at www.thecorkums.com. There's also a really moving ABC news story featuring Kelly Hampton, whom Krista mentioned, plus a link to Kelly's blog all over at the show notes page. As always, I'm so glad you joined us. If you have a sec, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and give us a thumbs up or five stars if you enjoyed listening. This just invites others to enjoy just like you did. Thanks so much and have a great week.